Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself, show up, and and remain steadfast and be a... If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose. And talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly. I'm so happy and welcome to welcome Paige Oxidine back to Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. I met Paige a few years ago while on a book tour for In This Together. At that time, she was the assistant director of the E-Factory at Missouri State University. Paige is currently a consultant with Habitat Communications and Culture, where she works closely with clients to understand their unique challenges and deliver solutions that make lasting positive changes. Before joining Habitat, Paige spent nearly a decade in economic and workforce development at the E-Factory and overseeing talent retention initiatives at Springfield Area Chamber of Commerce. Paige and Rachel Anderson co-founded Rosie, a women's network for current and prospective business owners and leaders in Southwest Missouri in 2016. I outlined Rosie and in this together as an example, how women can launch beneficial network for their business community. Rosie grew to more than 1000 members before transitioning to leadership Springfield program in December, 2020. Paige is a role model for women's successful community leadership in so many ways. She is an active member of the Springfield, Missouri community and a currently the vice chair of the board of directors at the Springfield Branson National Airport. And in addition to that, serves many in the the community. Her degree is in public relations and socio-political communications, which were enhanced as student body president to Missouri State. So welcome back, Paige. Good to see you. Here we are almost in the new year and Great things have been happening for you and Rosie and now Springfield Leadership. So how the heck are you? (laughs) I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, like you said, we've got just a few days left here in 2022, and it was a really incredible year. Uh, Wrapped up, like you mentioned, just earlier this month in December with the official transition of Rosie to a Leadership Springfield program. And so we had an incredible year, and I know we'll talk more about all of that. Uh, But yeah, there's been a lot happening here in Southwest Missouri, and it's it's a great time to be here um, and be affiliated with all the things that are happening in our region and our community. Well, you know, uh, California is one of the few states that has actually there is a new law that anyone, any public board, a percentage of women have to be on the board of directors. We need laws like that in Missouri. We need laws everywhere throughout every state that guarantees women sitting at the table. And that's part of what you're you're involved with and many of the things that you're doing. So, but you know, uh, Paige, there's something very important when I do these, these conversations is to ask you personally, 
why did you choose this area of interest? And this no doubt is your passion and your purpose, but, but why, how, how did you get to be you? Yeah, thank you. And, and I don't know so much if it's like something I chose or rather something that chose me, you know, I think at a certain point, you know, things start to feel so natural, it's difficult to look back and decide, you know, exactly how things came to be. But certainly the stars have aligned and allowed um, myself and many of the others who I've had the chance to work with to um, really be involved in this work that we find meaningful in terms of improving gender equity on boards and, and supporting community involvement and women in business here throughout Southwest Missouri. But, um, you know, you know, a little bit of my history. I'm originally from the Neosho and Joplin, Missouri area. So I'm a Southwest Missouri native through and through and have been here really for my entire life. Grew up in the Neosho area and was fortunate to have, of course, really incredible parents, both of whom at different points throughout my childhood were entrepreneurs and small business owners. And so it's interesting to me now to look back throughout my, I've been at three, you know, different full-time roles now since graduating from Missouri State University almost a decade ago, but in my work at the Springfield Area Chamber of Commerce and in my work at Missouri State University with the E-Factory and in my current role now with Habitat Communication and Culture that you mentioned, the common thread through all of those really is working very closely with business owners and business managers and those who own and have started small businesses. And so I don't know that I had drawn that line at the time um, entering that first role at the chamber, but looking back, I certainly appreciate the lessons I learned and the perspective that I gained from a really young age, you know, watching both of my parents as business owners and really having an inside view into what that can be like, because we know that, you know, as business owners, it can be really challenging and it can be isolating and folks often feel like maybe their friends or their family can't totally relate to what they're going through if they have a more traditional, um, you know, corporate type job. And so I really appreciate the opportunity that I had to, to watch and learn from both of my parents at a really young age. And even though I myself am not a business owner, I really appreciate the opportunities I've had throughout my career so far to work closely with entrepreneurs and business owners and folks who are really committed to making their community better. Well, Paige, we know that especially women, we can't become what we can't see, what we can't read about, and what we don't know about. So again, you were lucky to have parents, but then you were involved in different organizations. I mean, starting out as the student president at Missouri State, I mean, you began very early on in a leadership role. And, and, that, and I think that has so much to do with women's leadership is that there's so many women that really haven't had the opportunity or don't have the role models or the mentors that you have had. So again, that's what Rosie's, actually that's what Rosie was all about, wasn't it? So 100%, yes. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. You know, World War II uh, was very significant for the history of women. Rosie the Riveter became very popular during that period of time because the first time in, in many in the history of women, many went to work because the men went to war. And then, of mm -hmm. course, with birth control, that took another level as far as women working. So when the men came back from work to work in the, in the different areas, the women said, I don't want to go home. I want to continue to work. So there were some interesting dynamics, especially World War II, that really created some opportunities and vision and tenacity. And let's just talk about Rosie, because I think it's a wonder, there's a wonderful history there. Thank you. We're so excited about everything that's happened over the last six years and really excited for everything that we know will come with this transition to Leadership Springfield. But, you know, as you mentioned, Rosie was launched in 2016, um, so co-founded by myself and Rachel Anderson, who's the director at the E-Factory at Missouri State University. 
Rachel and I had had the chance to get to know and meet one another a few years prior to that, really when I first came out of my undergrad career at Missouri State and was working at the chamber at the time, and she was working at the E-Factory, and of course those two organizations worked really closely with one another. And upon meeting each other, we realized first and foremost that we had a lot in common. We had a lot of shared interest, and we also had a lot of shared history. You mentioned I served as student body president at Missouri State when I was an undergrad student, and Rachel, who attended the University of Missouri in Columbia, uh, was also student body vice president during, or no, forgive me, student body president during her time there. And so exciting to have some, again, of those shared histories and experiences when we got to know one another. But what we really started to talk about as we became closer was this sense that within our community, we knew there were women who were interested in doing more, who were interested in connecting, who wanted to broaden their network, particularly knowing, again, that they were interested in board service, whether that's, you know, locally with a nonprofit, maybe that's, you know, at the city level or at the Green County level. We knew there were folks who were really looking to get plugged in and who essentially felt like they were doing all the right things, but for one reason or another, it just wasn't necessarily clicking. And then on the other hand, we both knew that there were, I would say, a, a small handful, maybe a dozen or so really established you know, women within our community who were serving on boards, but would often be the only woman in the room. Um, and, and those women, frankly, were kind of stretched too thin. You know, They were kind of the woman who was asked to serve on every board. And they had been really gracious, of course, giving their time and their energy to all sorts of organizations throughout the community, but also felt like they couldn't say no, because uh, we would have conversations with them and they would say, well, I may not feel like I really have the capacity to serve this organization, but I'm worried that if I say no, there won't be a woman in the room at all. You know, the seat that I'm being offered would likely then be filled with a man. And so we had, you know, kind of this duality of like, we know there are women out here who want to be doing this. They're totally equipped. They're totally prepared to serve. Uh, and yet we also know these other women, you know, frankly are, are wanting to open up the doors and have someone else take their seat. And so Rosie was launched originally with assistance from an organization called United We, which is based out of Kansas City, Missouri. And they were so generous in giving us grant funding for a couple of cycles to get Rosie up and off the ground. And really, it was designed to do exactly what you said, to connect women throughout Southwest Missouri who might be a current or a prospective business owner, women who were interested in board service, and also just women who were generally interested in meeting other women throughout our community and expanding their network. And so from the get-go, we were also really clear about what we weren't focused on and what we didn't want to do because within our community, in addition to Rosie, there are so many other awesome organizations uh, geared specifically toward women, and we had no interest and reinventing the wheel or duplicating those efforts. And so pretty clear with everyone up front, you know, that it wasn't the junior league. We weren't going to be focused on volunteerism, worked very closely with the league uh, and with like League of Women Voters and other organizations to make sure whatever someone might be interested in, we could best connect them to the organization that would help support that. But uh, we had a great time. It's been an incredible six years. And as you know, we've now been through a really exciting transition. Well, uh, Paige, I'll be honest. I was one of those women in the room. I was one of the only yeah. women on boards. Uh, I would be the board president, and I'd oftentimes be the only woman. And it, it's it's lonely. It's very lonely, you know. And so again, that was I think that's what happens. You're lonely, and you know, one of the campaigns that we have that we'll ask you all to be a part of is the lift lift campaign, which is basically you lift as you rise. And if every woman does that. And that's kind of what Springfield leadership does. And that's what Rosie does. Lift as you rise. As you rise and in your leadership position, you bring along another woman who will bring along another woman. You know, in our history books, and also on the National Women's History Museum Board, 
you know, we're standing on the shoulder of so many women that we don't even know about. So the goal mm -hmm. is, is for us to not only lift as we rise, but to understand where we come from. And Rosie is, is a great example of taking a historical piece and understanding that this is how we this is how, how we get anywhere. If women support each other, anything is possible. So anyway, mm -hmm. that's the history of, of Rosie. But uh, again, let's talk about some of the accomplishments that you have made. And then we'll talk about that transition in Springfield leadership. So what, what, what do you think, uh, you know, really, wh what would you say at this point is one of your uh, what you would mark as one of your greatest achievements for your organization? Well, I'm really proud of, of everything that the organization and really it's what our members have achieved. You know, uh, I would say that, that Rachel and I, I, I think I could probably speak for her in this sense, feel that very little of this can be directly attributed to either one of us individually, but more so really that network, like you said, of more than a thousand women. Um, so that's the first thing that comes to mind. If you had asked me when Rachel and I sat down to apply for the initial grant from the Women's Foundation in Kansas City, you know, okay, we have this vision to create a women's network and we want to connect people and we want to connect them to resources and opportunities and, and training to be on boards. And how many people do you think might, you know, end up joining such an organization? And to say that we have over a thousand members throughout, you know, the greater Springfield area is absolutely mind-blowing. Um, and that really we got there, you know, fairly quickly. The response to the launch in the fall of 2016, when we said, we don't have all the details for this figured out yet, but we're doing this thing. You know, it was back at the time when, you know, if you were doing anything, it was a Facebook event. And that seemed like the way that everyone learned about everything. And so we put it on Facebook that we were going to have this event at the e-factory uh, and share some early details about what our plans were. And, you know, I honestly thought we might have a couple dozen women show up. Um, you know, maybe 20 or 30, maybe 40, if we were lucky, would take time out of their, you know, what we know are very busy days and very busy evenings to come spend time and learn more about what we were interested in doing. But we had hundreds of women there with us from day one. And so that initial response really blew, blew everything out of the water in terms of what my personal expectations were. And then from there, that just continued to grow. So the fact that we had more than a thousand members is so incredible to me. And I think really demonstrates that we had struck a nerve in the community. This was something that Rachel and I were interested in and that we thought there would be interest in and then learned very quickly that we were right. You know, so it's great to have that confirmation very early on. And, yeah. and we've done so many other really exciting things too. So we fairly early after the launch, um, it was equal pay day and we launched an equal pay pledge in Springfield that ultimately we had more than 100 organizations sign on to. And many of those organizations are our region's largest employers. And so to have, you know, very high level, typically the CEO, you know, of those organizations signing onto the Equal Pay Pledge, when again, Rosie itself was still very new, very young, very much in its infancy, it was just a massive testament to us to really what our community was committed to doing in this space and affirmed for us that this was what we ought to be doing. And, and that was awesome. How are you doing with that pay pledge? Because again, that still continues to be, you know, with COVID, unfortunately, we had a lot of women work, leave the workforce and mm -hmm. we're still, we're still, we still need to recover for that, get women back to work, especially in, in positions that are much needed. And, you know, but the pay pledge, I mean, where, where are you at with that? What kind of accountability, I mean, have you found with these companies? People can join, but what do they do mm -hmm. about it? Yeah. And so the pay pledge itself is still open. So organizations can still sign on. Uh, you know, we did 
what I would say was a, a really intentional kind of like hard push right at the beginning uh, and reached 100 organizations and then kind of had a, a debut party to celebrate all those organizations and their commitment, which again was several years ago. That would have been in 2017 at this point. But from that point forward, it's really been focused more on ongoing education and, and just really making sure that organizations in our community, United We, again in Kansas City, has some really, really great resources on that front. And so what we viewed Rosie's role as in terms of an ongoing effort was just to make sure everyone was connected to those resources and had folks that they could ask questions to um, as they were working like with their HR teams to make sure that everything was as it should be. And, you know, candidly, Rachel and I had calls um, from, from very high ranking leaders at very large organizations in our community who called and said, you know, I want to thank you for making this public push. I want to thank you for bringing this to my attention. And I want you to know uh, that we've gone back internally and, and we've looked at some things and we've made changes as a result of that, you know, to what folks are taking home at the end of the day. And so those are the sorts of things that, again, you know, are never really on the front page of the newspaper. Um, and when folks maybe go to the Rosie website or social media, you don't see those things explicitly. But so much of the work has been done behind the scenes, which is really what Rachel and I have found so satisfying. And just knowing at the end of the day, the difference that has been made throughout the community, um, you know, not necessarily because of Rosie, but because of the attention that has been brought to issues like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but awareness is key. You know, what we don't yes. know, we can't do anything about. So, I mean, that's that's kind of why Women Connect also. We're connecting with organizations that join a community. And we, we urge, of course, you all to join the community. Well, you're already on it because we're doing this podcast. But, yeah. but the, the awareness is key. You know, we have to join forces. I agree. It, there was a time, though, that women did not see themselves as leader. I was the chair of the Female Leaders in Philanthropy, and we'd ask someone to join us. Well, I'm not a leader. So again, women have to be educated just to understand that their importance, not only as leaders in their community, but leaders in their homes and leader in the schools. It's still very important that we continue to educate women, women of all colors, about their leadership mm -hmm. skills. So that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about Springfield leadership because I think that's definitely a kudo for you to join an organization that, that creates a, plat a much larger platform, a broader, larger platform for you. I mean, I, again, you have a huge membership, but again, to bring that membership, that, that was a kudo for them as well. Tell me about that. Yeah, so again, Rosie was launched in the fall of 2016. So it's been six years at this point. And Rachel and I, I would say really going back probably for more than a year now, probably just as we started to come out of the pandemic, had been having one-on-one -on -one conversations with each other around what does the future of Rosie look like? You know, what is Rosie 2.0 as everyone kind of resets? And again, like all of the workplace changes that you mentioned as a result of the pandemic, uh, you know, what does this look like and what type of work do we want to be doing as it relates to Rosie? And I would also say that each of us had kind of come to a place and an agreement or maybe a more general philosophy that oftentimes the, the individual or the team that starts something and, and launches something isn't necessarily the team uh, that needs to carry that initiative through like its next phase or its next life cycle. And so we were really interested in the future of Rosie, but we were also really interested in potentially identifying you know, another team or an organization that we thought would be the right fit to do that work. And so it happened very serendipitously because we were having these conversations, you know, what do we want to do? What do we think it looks like? Is it going to be led by us? Should it be led by us? Should it be led by someone else? 
Uh, and then really at that time, so Leadership Springfield, you know, which of course has been around since the mid 1980s, very well established community leadership organization actually has um, office space in the co-working space at the E-Factory. And so just physically, Rachel and I, you know, working at the E-Factory would often run into Carrie Richardson, who is their executive director or other members of their team. And we just started having, again, some very organic conversations about things they were interested in. And it became apparent at one point as they talked about, um, you know, obviously the work they already do to connect people throughout the community, to prepare them for board service, and then that they had some interest in potentially some, you know, programming that was specific to women. You know, Rachel and I are kind of looking at each other at that point going like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe this is the fit. Maybe this is what makes the most sense for the next evolution of Rosie. And so started to have some really great conversations with the Leadership Springfield team, again, probably over a year ago at this point. And then they were very excited at the idea, which we were, you know, excited that they were excited about the prospect of, of taking something like this on and worked, of course, with their board of directors to ultimately decide that they they were very willing um, and graciously to take over the program. And as you mentioned, they have an alumni, you know, network of hundreds and hundreds of people here in the Springfield region. They've had more than 40 of their, you know, signature classes where they prepare people, you know, to step into leadership roles throughout the Springfield region. And so we think it makes perfect sense. They have done an incredible job already of assembling a team to kind of put together their plans for Rosie 2.0. And I know they'll be making some announcements really early in the new year. Uh, and I also really appreciate that they have pulled in not just those who are on their staff team day to day, but also several women throughout our community who just over the last six years have always been really involved in Rosie programs and Rosie initiatives. And so I think that they will have great insight from those folks as well as they map out what they'll be doing with Rosie in the future. But yeah, we officially made the transition in early December and they're, they're managing all the social media now. There's still the private Facebook group where women can connect and ask questions and post job opportunities and all sorts of things like that. And so we're really excited for them to take the reins. And I just think that there's probably no better community organization based on you know their scope and their skill set and their team. So I'm thrilled about it. So you're you're still rolling out your program at this point as as far as your collaboration and your support of one another. Well, what would you like to see the first thing after the first year come out? What would make you the happiest and the proudest that because of this new collaboration and this new uh, support for one another? What what would be your most exciting? Well, you know, it's really wholly theirs at this point. We we have officially, you know, handed everything over and Rachel and I have told them that we trust them, you know, ex explicitly to do whatever they think that is best for the organization. I know they're really committed to preserving a lot of what we would consider to be Rosie's core. And so again, going back to that board service piece, something that mm -hmm. Rosie has historically done is sourced board opportunities in the region. Again, whether that's a nonprofit that's looking to add a board member, maybe it's an opening that has popped up on a city board or a Green County Commission, and just aggregating all of that data. Because again, a lot of this is just kind of about demystifying the process. You know, women may be thinking that they don't quite understand yeah. the channel yeah. Um, yeah. or what form they need to fill out or what that looks like. And so that was a big piece of what we were focused on. And I think that they'll continue to be a resource in that sense. And I'm, I'm excited because we've seen more than 50 ROSI members over the last few years be appointed to boards and commissions. And so again, exactly. to just think about going from, you know, that being you as the chair and, you, and you're feeling alone. And now there are 50 other ROSI members throughout the community who are sitting in those chairs with you. And so that's a huge win for us. And I know they'll continue to focus on it. 
Well, and I think that's fantastic. I'm sure there's uh, many organizations throughout the United States, though, that you can also collaborate with and, and find out what they're doing. But again, uh, yeah, I mean, that is your accountability is to show who you have in leadership roles, who is on different boards of, of whether it be a social profit organization or whatever board. Yeah, so that's the goal is to get every board with women sitting at the table making decisions with the common mm -hmm. for the common. Good. So absolutely. So, okay. So how can people get involved? I mean, these women, you know, there's women right now that are probably thinking about right now, as far as maybe changing a position, going into the workforce, mm -hmm. and, but what would, what would, what did you, what would you recommend? I'm new to the community, by the way, I don't know anything about anything. And I've heard about, I've heard about Springfield leadership. I've heard about Rosie and I just want to get involved. What do I need to do? That is a great question, and we get that a lot, and, and we have tried to make it as easy as possible for folks to get started and get connected with one another, and so the first thing I would recommend is that folks go to leadershipspringfield.org slash Rosie, you know, that's R-O-S-I-E, so that's the landing page that they have up as they continue to put together their plan. You can read the press release there that talks about the transition, but you can also sign up for updates. And so that'll be the first thing that folks want to do is make sure they are on that new mailing list because all of the future communication to members will be coming directly from Leadership Springfield. So make sure you're signed up for that. And on that landing page, they also have a link. I've referenced that private Facebook group that women can join. And so we do keep that women only. That's just for Rosies, even though we also have Brosies who are our male advocates. Um, but Rosies are not in the Facebook group. But yeah, yes, uh, the, the Facebook group is just for women. And you mentioned, you know, changing jobs, looking to connect, you know, I think it's been such a blessing to have that channel where, you know, just about everyone seems to have a Facebook. And so it's an easy way for people to connect and they can post questions in there. They can say, hey, I'm new to town. This is the industry I work in. You know, who wants to maybe go get coffee or go for lunch or I'm considering a career change. Is there anyone who like works in this certain space and can I take you out to pick your brain? Things like that we love to see in there. Um, people often post job opportunities in there if, if their individual workplace is hiring um, or board opportunities that they know about. And so you can find links to that on that page. You can sign up to get future updates. And I know that Again, Leadership Springfield will be sharing more about their plans in the new year. And so the best thing to do would be to pop your email in there and make sure you get those straight to your inbox. Okay. Well, congratulations on what you've accomplished. That's really, in, in, in really a very short period of time to do as much as you've done. You, <laughs> that, that's fantastic. But uh, again, uh, we're not done. We have more work to do. But again, you've got Rosie and Rosie. But uh, again, what Women Connect for Good is we're all in this together. And when all of us start working together and supporting each other, anything is possible. But I'm glad to see Springfield is making that effort. And they've got organizations such as your, yours there to make the difference. So what, what would be some of your final words of, of wisdom since we're going into this new year, what would you like to give us as far as some wisdom and food for thought? Well, you know, I thought about this before we hopped on here because I thought you might ask something like that. And, and I would really <laughs> echo something that you mentioned earlier, which is that concept of, of bringing someone along, bringing someone with you. And so every time you're invited to a room, every time you find yourself with a seat at the table, thinking back through the opportunities I have had, it is very easy in retrospect to think about 
um, the women, or in some cases, the men who, who brought me along with them, especially as a, a young professional, very early out of school in those years, people who were making space for me and wanting to make sure that my voice was heard. And so I, I think now it's important that we all take every opportunity we have to do the same for others, um, you know, thinking about ways in which you can open a door, make an introduction. It doesn't always have to be a huge grand gesture, but simple things that we can do just to continue to elevate one another. Just an, just an introduction oftentimes is the way to open doors because this really is about developing relationships. And also a yes. network, these women, uh, these women and men can inter, interrelate and make referrals. I mean, I think that's the best part of it is what you can do with one another when you finally figure out the pie is big enough and there's enough slices for us all. So again, the Lift Women, Lift women Up, Lift Women and Men campaign is very important. We have 52 weeks coming up in 2023 of things that we can all do to do that lift as we rise. So again, tell us where to reach you all and what where people can get involved and join and start the new year as fantastic leaders in some companies and boards and all the above. Yes, I would go to leadershipspringfield.org slash Rosie. Fantastic. Well, Paige, I wish you a very, I'm saying happier new year. I just feel like it's everything. <laughs> happier new year just seems to fit better than happy new year. So <laughs> happier new year, a better new year for all of us, but congratulations, continued success in all things. And Women Connect for Good is here to collaborate and support as well. So please lift as you rise and we'll do the same thing. Happier new year. Thank you for your time. Have Thank you. Day. Happier New Year to you as well. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 influential women share their secrets to leadership, business, and life. Thank you for listening.